Hello, everyone, and inside today's Locked On Canadians, Habs stole one point, Rockets stole one point. The Habs can't possibly lose to the Sharks, can they? All that and more inside today's show. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 990 of Locked on Canadians. We are, of course, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week, wherever you listen to your daily podcast, whether that be Google, Apple, Spotify, or if you're watching us on YouTube. And as always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every single day of the week. And if you love us, go check out Locked on Sports Today, 24-7 stream of all of our local experts, all in one place i am one of your hosts i am of course scott metlin i'm joined as always by the active stick laura saba and laura the canadians and the rocket and pwhl montreal etc i think their plan tonight was to just kill us uh outright based on two overtimes a shootout a marie philippe poulin hat trick it's been quite a night in montreal centric hockey how are we feeling after a what was that a three, two shootout loss to the Philadelphia Flyers? I honestly, like, I, I feel not terrible about it. Um, I like that was, that was a game. <laughs> um, I didn't, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't angry with it. I wasn't like, you know, uh, buoyed by it in any way. I was just kind of like, all right, that's happening. And that's happening. And that's happening. Um, and I think at some point when I realized that both the Rocket and and the Habs were tied and they were heading like you know closer and closer to the end of the games and then there was, at one point um, like Laval went down a goal and and then promptly tied it as soon as you and I started complaining about it um, I I just felt like more excitement build. Yeah, and so here's the thing: we will get into the Rocket stuff because there's a lot of news coming out of Laval today later on in the show here. Uh, the biggest thing is, because I was trying to watch on two screens as best one person can when you're completely overstimulated and tired all the time, <laughs> the Canadians ended the first period with two goals. Great. We love that. They did it on two shots total. They had two goals with one shot on goal at one point in this game. Samuel Erson finished the first period with a save percentage of zero. And it's not, oh... You know, they missed their chances. They were going wide. They just didn't get chances at any point in that. And and that's the well, thing, because, like, you couldn't be mad. It's just that they weren't, you know, like, things weren't happening. That's why I said, like, I wasn't, like, abjectly disappointed in this game. I just, I wasn't even frustrated. I was just kind of laughing. And the thing about it is it looks like the the rest of the team never got out of first gear. Caden uh, Primo, I thought, was great in this game and i said it after the shootout is that his teammates should apologize to him he was fantastic in overtime he was fantastic down the stretch there were some that maybe ryan paling should have scored that goal should have counted but the review was you know it's inconclusive the puck clashed the line or not that's how the rule works unfortunately this is a game that one kind of reestablishes to me caden primo is your backup goalie this year 
would Jake Allen have stolen this game? I, I don't know. Samuel Montembeau potentially. Montembeau wasn't even on this part of the trip. He is still back in Montreal with the goalie coach, which tells me likely playing against the Sharks tomorrow. More on that in our next segment because uh, I have prophesied doom because I can see it written in the stars right now. Uh, Uri Slavkovsky had a goal, had it taken away because it went off uh, David Savard. It counts as his shots. It hit Morgan Frost apparently instead of uh, Slavkovsky, who I thought got a stick on it. Uh, Sean Monahan gets a tip on a Justin Barron shot, their first shot of the game. And then outside of that, it was a whole lot of nothing for the Canadians in this game. Uh, my big concern, once again, is we talked about it in our preview. The Flyers' power play ranks in the bottom, like at the bottom of the league. The Canadians almost instantly gave up a goal to their power play in this game. I don't know how many more times I can yell and scream that the penalty kill is terrible and to stop playing a diamond. But I, I, it's like you said, I can't be mad at this game because they got a point out of it and maybe they didn't deserve that. They probably didn't. But like you gotta, you can't come out flat like this all the time. A good team will bury you, and the Flyers aren't a bad team. But it, it makes me worried for some of the upcoming games. They've got the Bruins. They've got good teams on the schedule here. Can they kind of right this ship, or are they even going to be able to? Because as we'll talk about even later in the show, there is they're just so injured all they're over so the banged place. Up. Yeah. I think for me, like at this point, I just, I expect them to play better against those good teams. They keep surprising us on that front. Like they put together those efforts where they're just like, oh, this team is much better than them. Wow. They're going to rise to the occasion. And then all of a sudden it'll be a team that's like either middling or bad or, you know, um, not having a great, great sequence. And I know we're going to get into that in in the next segment. And then all of a sudden the Canadians will forget how to play hockey it'll be that unraveling scrambly play again. And I think that's part of it is that I watch parts of this game. Where I'm like, okay, the structure's there a little bit. I see good defensive plays. Maybe a little bit needs to be cleaned up uh, uh, in the finesse part of it, like cleaning up the breakouts just a little bit there. But then I look up and there's four guys piled up in the crease and there's three flyers wide open and we're lucky they hit a post or hit, you know, someone in front of the net. The flyers hit like four or five posts in this game that, this scoreline looks way different if even half of those go in. Obviously, it's I'm like I'm reading some of the quotes here is that Josh Anderson, you know, talks about is talking about like, oh, he gives us a chance to win every time that he's out there. And you know, he's he played really well. It's not his fault. It's like I don't think anyone thinks it is Caden Primo's fault in this game. The Habs need other people to start stepping up a little bit, and yes. I absolutely know this team's injured to hell and back. We know that. And when we talked about in our preview, they need something from the depth. Got the Sean Monaghan gold part, right? That was great. I'd l- I want to see more from other pieces here or to add pieces that could be helpful to this team right now. Uh, it's a frustrating game because they're capable of more. And this is the rested game. And that that is a worrying trend to me right now is that this is supposed to be the game they are rested for. They are traveling back to Montreal tonight to play the San Jose Sharks tomorrow who are coming off of rest. We've watched the Habs play terribly against teams on on their second half of a back-to-back, let alone on their own second half. Uh, 
my biggest thing with this is Caden Primo. I think this kind of lock should lock him into being uh, the being the backup goalie now. The one they keep. Yes, I mean because Ken Hughes outright said I think he was on Lanta Chambre is that he was uh, he wasn't going to trade Samuel Montebo. He never considered it. Caden Primo posted a 9.49 save percentage tonight on this series up to a 9.05. Four four zero oh, and one four four and one record. Three thirteen goals against nine oh five save percentage. Backup numbers. He's perfect. Fr- he's figuring it out. Like he's figuring it out. Like I remember a time just you know it wasn't even that long ago where we were like maybe he's the one that should get traded. And, and here's the thing: is it's not that Jake Allen's played terribly a nine hundred save percentage four eight and two, but I I I just. I want someone to help some of these goalies because there's a lot of games that they're doing the best they can. They're bending and they're bending and they're trying not to break. And now some games they break. Sometimes they Caden Primo here and they post almost 40 saves. Sometimes they're Jake Allen where two goals go in and then everything just comes crumbling down like against the Sabres last week. Only so much you can do. Help out your goalies. I'm begging you, Habs. You got young guys and maybe that Caden Primo's playing well, maybe guess what? Maybe they do trade him because his value is going up and he's got another year on a cheap deal. Who's to say what happens? I think that Primo should be their number two after this. However, there is another game tomorrow. It is against a bad team. Sorry, JD, we love you, but the Sharks are terrible. They have lost 12 games in a row. They can't possibly lose to the Sharks, right? Laura and I are going to discuss that coming up in our next segment. But first, one of our sponsors today is the fine folks at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is all wrapped up. The playoffs start this weekend, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed whenever you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose, and it is so easy to use on their app. And when you hit it big, you can get paid out instantly on an app that is safe, secure, and easy to use. Go through new bets in the Explore tab to find what you know suits your fancy that day. Find parlays in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find the most popular ones being played right now, and so much more. The world is your oyster when you're using FanDuel. And if you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, you're going to get that $150 in bonus bets whenever you place a $5 bet. So make that first bet a slam dunk with FanDuel the official sportsbook partner of the NFL, and us here at Locked On. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. And remember, if you enjoy listening to us first thing in the morning or watching us first thing in the morning, wherever you get your daily podcast, Locked On Sports Today has you covered with all of our local experts, 24-7 stream on YouTube. So you are always going to have the best and brightest in your ear whenever you are looking for that. So when you are listening to this, it will be Thursday, January 11th. The Montreal Canadiens will be playing the San Jose Sharks at the Bell Center. It is assumed that Samuel Montembeau will get the start in this game, seeing as he stayed behind with the goaltending coach for this trip. And maybe it's me being negative, Laura, which is entirely possible. Now, sometimes when the Habs and Rocket both kind of play crummy and it's been a long day and it's a winter storm outside, et cetera, et cetera, I prophesize doom that might not come. And I am looking at this. The San Jose Sharks are on a 12-game losing streak, one of the worst in modern NHL history. I think the record was eight, is 18 games in a row. The Sharks have lost 12 games in a row, have not been super competitive in most of them, 
are going to be rested and are playing the Habs. And all I can think is the Habs are going to jump feet first on what is very clearly a trap game on the schedule and embarrass themselves. Am I, am I just being overly dramatic or should this be the, they should win this game easily, right? You're not being overly dramatic and they should in fact win this game extremely easily. Uh, But the Habs do have a reputation. I know every fan base thinks that every fan base thinks that they're the first, uh, that they're the only team where a goalie playing for the first time in his NHL career is going to shut them out. Or they're the only team where the hometown uh, boy scores a goal immediately or really terrorizes the, you know, the, the team that you're cheering for. But I promise you the Montreal Canadiens are going to mess this up. Uh, because that is what they do. That is what they have been doing. I am going to be very happy if on tomorrow's episode, Scott, you say, Laura, you have to eat your words. Um, but I, I, I think they're going to mess this up. I really do. It's just, it's just ripe for it. You know, like it just feels like something the Habs always do. Now, honestly, like what's coming after the Sharks is I believe they have the Ottawa Senators, right? Uh, on Saturday. They have the Oilers on Saturday. We no, have the a- Habs have the yes, Oilers the on Habs Saturday. And I'm talking yes. about the Sharks. Because oh. it would be, it would, like, for me, like, because we care about our friend JD, like, I would rather that the Canadians, like, are the team that uh, eventually loses to the Sharks as opposed to, uh, you know, um, like I like I don't I don't want the, the the narrative to be around Ottawa and then Ottawa beats the Sharks. You know what I mean? Like I want there to be I want there to have I want them to have either beat the Ottawa Senators or before losing to the Ottawa Senators at least break that slump. And here's the thing about it is the funniest two options are always beat your longest rival. So for the Sharks, that's Vegas or L.A. Uh, or you beat the team that's fan base will have the biggest meltdown about it, which means either Toronto, Edmonton, Montreal or Vancouver. Right. They didn't lose to Toronto in the two attempts they did have. I would prefer the Habs didn't lose this game. This should be a game where a lot of people who are slumping should be looking to get on the scoreboard. A guy like Yessi Yolen and get in there, get some points. Josh Anderson, Sean Monahan scored, which is great for him in that. We should hopefully see Raphael Harvey Pinard back in this game. Uh, if there's ever one to ease him into, it's, this would be it. This is exactly it. I, I'm i also curious that, you know, Samuel Montembeau stayed behind, didn't travel with the team. I am wondering if they are looking at this effort tonight and they throw Jake Allen out there tomorrow night with Montembeau as the backup and Montembeau gets Saturday's game against the Oilers, which... It does feel like he would. It is an Oilers game. It's Saturday night at home. He is their number one goaltender, so... It's, I, I, I don't want to feel like the impending sense of doom around this team because uh, on paper, the Canadians, you know, are a better team than the Sharks. The Sharks have talented players. I look at guys like William Eklund, uh, Thomas Hurdle are still very talented players on this team, but this is a game that the Habs should win. I don't actually even know who the Sharks leading scorer is like it. It's. I don't know why I feel such a sense of dread because it's a season where I shouldn't be worried about the Canadians right now. They lose games. They lose games. That's good for the long-term goal. But I think this one is one that I look at and I go, no, I don't know. Their leading scorer is Thomas Hurdle, who has 13 goals and 28 points. Uh, Mikael Granlin has five goals, 27 points. Fabian Zetterland, 11 goals, 17 points. This team does not score goals. Their best goaltender has a 3.7 goals against and an 897 save percentage. 
So you know this what's going to happen. They're going to. They're going to shut the Habs out. Neither one of them are French Canadians, so no. <laughs> I, I, that nope, because Mackenzie Blackwood's from Thunder Bay, and Capo Kakinen is, I believe, Finnish. So yes, he's from Helsinki. So we're not going to get we're not going to get shut out by some Quebecois goaltender who is struggling uh, mightily right now. This. Anything less than the Habs winning this by multiple goals in regulation should cause some alarm bells to go off. Is that if you lose games this season, that is fine. But there are games that you should win. The Chicago games were games they should have won, and they won those. Maybe a little bit harder than they wanted, but they won those. They've already beaten the Sharks once. It took a shootout, and it was ugly, and I don't think either of us were happy after that. This is a game that they need to win in regulation and win this with a statement. The Oilers are running hot right now, like hot, hot, hot. If you lose to the Sharks and limp out of that game with a loss or you look bad in whatever win you have, the Oilers are going to feast on you on Saturday. McDavid's healthy again. Drysidle and him are angry about Lord only knows what, and it appears they finally found a goalie who can stop at least a medium-sized beach ball at a given time here. Losing this game can change a lot of narratives around this team. And yes, they're injured to hell and back. Harvey Pinard is coming back. Tanner Pearson shouldn't be too far off there, which is good for this team. Gets some of the AHL guys down back to the AHL. The goalies are playing well. But this is not a game you can afford to lose if you're the Canadians. And I know it feels very weird to be like, ah, you know, win, lose it. This it's not like they're competing for a playoff spot. The fact of the matter is, you're playing a team on a 12 game losing streak, who's already lost, had a nine game losing streak once this year already, is looking like a historically bad team. And JD, we love you. I'm sorry. But hey, at the end of that, maybe they'll get the first overall pick. Yeah, watch them not go to you know a franchise that doesn't deserve it like Chicago again. I. It's just not a game that this team can afford to lose. There's too many ramifications from that that I don't I don't think people would be happy with the effort in that. Uh, because tonight, Ken Hughes and the Canadians organization went to Place Bell in Laval to watch the Rocket play. And they got quite a game there. If you're looking at a guy who is starting to put together his who is staying, who is going list, this game should be part of that. You want to stay, show out and score points. If you're going to disappear against a team like San Jose, where do you want to go? Get out. Speaking of Lavelle and the Rocket, a lot of AHL news in this episode that we got throughout the day here. We have injury news. We have all-star game news. We have a little bit of game recap and some more prospect stuff thrown in there. We're going to get into all that and more coming up in our final segment. Today's show is also brought to you by the fine folks at Sleeper. It's almost the halfway point of the season, Habs fan. And like we've said in this episode alone, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. It's all the roller coaster of a rebuilding team. But regardless of where we are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you could win big playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy hockey app of Lockdown NHL Network. And Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win a hundred times your cash in daily fantasy hockey prizes. 
And like, if you want to pick players to come out on top in that, I'm looking at Connor McDavid against the Habs here. I'm looking at anyone else playing the Sharks this week, and you can win up to 100 times your money. And there's also NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and college football when it's back next year on Sleeper. If hockey isn't your thing, all you have to do is pick whether or not the studs in the NHL record more or less than their sleeper projections from the goals, assists, saves, plus minus or more in a given game. And to win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight-player stats. That's it. 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. All you have to do is use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. We are back at Lockdown Canadians. And again, reminding you, check out Lockdown Sports today. If you want a 24-7 live stream of all of our local experts, all in one place on YouTube.com, you can subscribe to them today. Maybe you'll see our faces. Maybe you'll see some of our NHL friends there. Now, Laura, uh, we know the Rocket are like my baby on this show here for things that we've covered do we want to start with the good news, the bad news, or the worst news with this? Um, let's go worst to best. So we're gonna we're gonna start right at the bottom of the barrel here. Uh, it was the middle of the day when the rocket they uh, usually week to week publish an injury report depending on the severity of things to keep fans updated, which is a great bit of transparency. Last week and the final week of December were, Brutal, to say the least, for the Laval Rocket in terms of injuries. They lost Nathan uh, Legale against Syracuse. He is out seven to eight weeks with a lower body injury. He had his foot in a walking boot on crutches, potentially a fracture, high ankle sprain. It's hard to say. Last week on Sunday, they lost three players in one single game, two of them within about three minutes of each other. Uh, Captain Gabriel Bork is out indefinitely after uh, Samuel LeBaire skated through his head with an elbow out, likely giving him a concussion. Uh, Riley McKay immediately jumped to Bork's defense, got in a fight with LeBaire's. No discipline from the league, so we are they are missing their team captain for however long indefinitely may be with his head injury. Uh, Sean Farrell suffered a lower body injury when he got tripped up in the corner going for a puck. His leg got tangled up potentially some kind of knee ankle injury. They didn't say just said lower body out six to eight weeks and Brady keeper who, you know, was injured a little bit earlier in the season came back again. Their third pairing defenseman usually kind of one of their tough guys, their penalty killers out three months with a lower body injury to say that injuries are depleting. This team doesn't even come close because they are also missing Mitchell Stevens, who is on recall to the NHL. They are missing, uh, I can't even think of his name. Emil Heineman, who is up with the NHL team right now. Gustav Lindstrom was waived. He was claimed on waivers by the Anaheim Ducks today. Jaden Struble is still in the NHL as well. So they are missing him. They have, you know, goaltending depth, but this is a team that is decimated by injuries. They are they are trying their best. They managed to score five goals tonight against the Utica Comets in a rematch at Plas Bell. They did not win this game, unfortunately, because they got tired in overtime. They lost in overtime around the same times the Habs were about to lose in a shootout. I and we're getting to the point that it's not that I want Ken Hughes to make a move because I think it, you know, is something I would like to see to shake up the team here. 
it's it's a move that has to happen because you're out of like spare forward bodies at this point. You have a handful of guys who you can call up to the NHL at this point. And if you don't want to disrupt the AHL team, there really isn't much you can do without needing to do that right now. Take one of your spare defensemen, take some of your spare picks. You got to add bodies here at some point. You got they we talked about it earlier in the week. They have to do something because there's a lot of young guys carrying a lot of weight right now because Joshua had three points, looked great. Xavier Simino had two assists. Leah Anderson had a couple of points in this game. They're playing well, but you can only rely on a handful of players for so long before they get tired and things start to happen there. Uh, and I realize I've been dominating this entire segment, Laura, so I apologize on that. It's okay. It's like you said, the Laval Rocket are your baby. Um, and also, like, quite frankly, I am just getting so, you know, it's not ruining my life or anything, but I just get so dejected every week when that injury report comes out. Like, and full disclosure, today Scott texted it to our group chat, and I was like, oh, that's more than I thought. Um, and it's always more than I thought. And I would just like a time where the Canadians or the, La the Laval Rocket can build some consistency with, like, a consistent lineup from game to game. Yeah, it's and the thing is, I because I look at the lineup here, and you had Riley Kidney moved up to the top line with Jinyak and Leah Anderson, and you know did decently well on the second line. Joshua played well in that he had two goals tonight. He had an assist. Right, people are playing well, and and this is the hardest thing here is that Sean Farrell being on, Gabriel Bork being on, Emil Heineman being called up, and Jaden Struble being called up in this is that you are now relying on a small handful of prospects to go to the next level, which is brings this thing. Logan Mayu is the only rocket player going to the all-star game this year would not have been my first pick. Not because I don't think he's played well and will be part of their hardest shot competition, et cetera. Brandon Joshua, Wah. Joshua Wah and Brandon Jiniak, who leads the team in scoring uh, are guys that I would have thought maybe also should have gotten a nod there. Uh, Regardless, it is still good for his development that he is getting that recognition that he was voted into this. I believe they select it from uh, people around the league that he is developing more to his game like we talked about that he needed to. A lot of the young guys are doing their things that you want, even if the team's record isn't where you want it. We're seeing more and more of these guys. Joshua continues to be really, really good. Uh, I have an, I'm going to go take a look at the rookie scoring race here because he had fallen behind a little bit in that. And then he's, you know, kind of made a comeback. Joshua was up to 30 points in 33 games. He right. is currently the Rockets leading scorer with Brandon Jinyak, who has 11 goals and 19 assists. So like it, well, well that's the thing. Like, so the, the way that I looked at it is like all-star, like he's got that star cachet, right? Like, so Joshua Watt is that guy for the last couple of seasons, no matter what league he's been, he's, there's been a lot of buzz, right? Even in the world juniors, all of that. So, like, to me, he's, like, quote-unquote the star power guy. Whereas, like, the way that you're looking at it is somebody who deserves it, who might not always get a shot, is Brendan Jiniak, right? Like, he's in the conversation now. Who's to say next year if, if he's going to be in the conversation wherever he is? Like, is he going to be that guy, right? Whereas Logan Mayu, like, I do understand because this gets voted on around the league. So people are probably uh, paying more attention to him to see how he is behaving and how he's playing and how he's progressing in all of his development so I'm sure they see this as a reward for the hard work and again it's not that I that I don't think that he deserves to go um it's more that I think that like to me like in my mind Joshua Watt is like the star 
Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of playing around with the AHL stats in the background. Among rookie defensemen in the AHL, Logan Mayu is third among all of them with 20 points in 33 games behind Olin Zellweger and Brant Clark, who I believe was just called up to uh, the LA Kings as well. Among forwards, Joshua Watt is second in the league for rookie scoring behind uh, Logan Stanko, who has 39 points, which is just a bonkers amount for a very good Texas team. But overall scoring one, two, three, four, five. In a tie for sixth place is Joshua Wah uh, with 30 points in the AHL. And that's everybody. Uh, he has the same amount of points as former Habs legend Dennis Gurionov, who is playing for Milwaukee. And, <laughs> and he's doing this on a bad team. I, I don't want to say a bad team, a team that is struggling to find consistency. Right. Uh, people are going to look at the record and think, oh, is Ken Hughes getting lazy and not caring about development? the young guys that you want playing well are playing well in here. And I think that's the biggest sign I want people to take away from this coming into the night. Dobish was six, one and one in his last eight starts with a nine twenty eight save percentage. You have Logan, Mayu and Arbor Jack. I putting up points every game playing with the, in the that with pairing, there. that pairing, honestly, like who'd have thought. Yeah, truly. <laughs> and then you have Joshua walk and, and Sean Farrell found their chemistry. Farrell got hurt and was still steps up and is getting points there. I know it's frustrating, but, and I know people want to see Joshua Wap in the NHL right now, but if you take him away, there's almost nobody left on the rocket for that. And I think they want to keep him in a spot where he is gaining that confidence. And then when he comes up to the NHL next year, a well-seasoned, ready-to-go prime rib, you're kind of laughing about it afterwards. It's a little bit less money you have to spend in free agency. But I think that's going to wrap our show here for now. Tomorrow's episode is the mailbag episode. We'll recap the Sharks game. We'll go over all the mailbag stuff. We'll see if there's any other news around the league. So tweet us your questions at LO underscore Canadians. Send them your longer ones to lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. You can tweet Laura at the active stick, myself at Scott Matla. We want your mailbag questions. It is our favorite part of the week. And when you're done, you know, doing that, subscribing to us wherever you get your the podcast, check out Locked On Sports today on YouTube 24 7 stream all of our local experts, and more. We are signing off, but folks, we will see you all next time. 